0: Welcome back to Pop Culture Prisoner. I'm your host for the season finale. I was going to say series. Yikes. Hope not. The season finale (laughs) of Real Housewives of Potomac with Layla. Hello.
1: Hi. I just very quickly had to silence my phone. Um, Hello. 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 I'm excited to chat about the finale with you.
0: It is uh, those last that last scene was a crazy ride so let's just talk about what happened before that but really i just (laughs) want to talk about that last scene because wow um so robin is hosting a winter wonderland party and that's you know at the beginning of the episode and giselle calls juan in the middle of her testimonial to like say how are you going to propose and he says they're trying to create some tension like Wait, he's not saying how he feels about it, so whatever. And then we get Monica. I'm sorry, Monique at her therapist, and right. she says she has an inconsistent appetite from the stress. Ashley referred her this therapist, and Layla, we finally got some of her background, which was interesting.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I mean, I think we kind of alluded to this last week, or at least, yeah, I was kind of like, I think at, I think Monique's upbringing compared to Candace's is like radically different. And I think this kind of confirmed that, right? Like she's kind of always sort of felt to be the outsider and always trying to like prove herself to different parties. What
0: she said in the, to her therapist, let's just say is um, that she went to a predominantly white school for a while. And she, and she said she got bullied and kids would not play with her cause she was black. And then she transferred to a predominantly white school And I'm sorry, she went to a predominantly white school and then she went to a predominantly black school and at the black school they thought that they were too white, like how they talk and stuff so yes, Layla, go on like she's always tried to fit in
1: Yeah, that she's always kind of trying to fit in and sort of like uh, feel like she needs to prove herself that she belongs in a certain space and so this sort of like isolation from the group sort of like re-triggers all of that. Now if you ask me, I don't think that's all of it. I think she also obviously has like you know things that she's dealing with in her marriage and being a mother of like all these kids and maybe For like sure. a little bit of like losing her self identity maybe or something along those lines. Um, anyway, yeah, I I think it was kind of nice and I to see at least this moment where she's being vulnerable, but also the therapist is right. She's like, listen, you like put up a lot of walls and like, maybe this is like the bigger, like a bigger issue is that you don't really let anybody in as a result of like being overly protective, which I think is true and continues to be true because in her confessionals, um, and we can talk about it later. Like there's a confessional that happens a little later on in this episode where it seems like And it could be that that it was this way because at the time there was like a legal situation, but it just seems like it was put together and like edited and it just, it felt like a very controlled statement that may have come from like a legal camp, you know? Yeah.
0: I know what you're talking about. We'll get to it. I think it was the stupidest statement,
1: but well, no, I mean, she says in
0: this, they ask her like if she's remorseful and she says- Oh, right. No, this is where she
1: says it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She
0: says, I'm remorseful for my actions, but I'm not sorry for defending myself when I needed to. Like, good God, shut up, Monique. Like, that meant absolutely nothing. It meant she's not remorseful. And any sympathy I garnered for her watching her in therapy was gone the second she said that. Yeah, I, was I like, think it's out.
1: really difficult because it's like... Again, like, I don't know if it's because at the time that they recorded this confessional, the legal stuff was still happening. And so she needs to be like careful about what she says on camera. But yeah, like, I just feel like, you know, that time when she met up with Ashley a couple of episodes ago felt very much like she's shaking hands and kissing babies and very like, let me, you know, spruce up my image by being like mama of the year. And like this confessional statement same thing it's like it just felt very like like she worked out with a lawyer the things that she was gonna say to the questions that the producers were likely gonna ask her
0: do you know what you know what i think is what's in her mind i think that she's embarrassed that things didn't go her way when she fought back but if people were on her side she would have been like yeah fuck that bitch like she is not remorseful 100% one hundred percent. But the thing remorse? is, if
1: dip- I don't agree with you, I think there are more Monique sympathizers than Candace sympathizers.
0: I think, I think there are some.
1: I but, did, but I but think the there's ladies aren't right. But the ladies aren't. Yeah. So I
0: think I don't think that she is remorseful at all, and the only reason why she is um, shaking hands and kissing babies is only because. The ladies are pissed at her and because this court case happened otherwise she's not remorseful and here and the thing about her the thing about the walls that she put up I understand that the therapist asked her about that and she's not like she was not the one using that as an excuse for anything that happened Mm. but those walls don't really relate to this fight for me she was friends with these women she was good friends with Candace those walls mean like that doesn't explain anything about her
1: yeah that's be, a really like, good point in
0: light of this fight so right sorry that that happened to you but means nothing to me
1: yeah 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 heart. that's right that's right and you know i mean obviously she's using it as a defense right as like some sort of excuse like i have to prove myself to these women and it's like well but no, you already you were friends, were with, friends them. with them yeah. you didn't really have to prove yourself to candace yeah. like you didn't really have to prove yourself to karen you didn't have to Prove yourself to Ashley, like.
0: And also, like, sorry, Monique, but you're the one who probably cheated on your husband. <laughs> not us. You just got caught. You know if that rumor is true.
1: Oh yeah, she was I stepping mean, out. It's like it's not our fault. But the thing is, I well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how the cheating rumor is relevant. But well, yeah. that's
0: what started the animosity.
1: Right. But honestly, even if the cheating rumor is like one thing or like the like the trainer situation is one thing. I but I really think that the bigger trigger was like the baby rumor more so than the than the trainer rumor, which is to say that like the ladies were saying that the kid that she had with Chris wasn't Chris's kid.
0: Right. Yeah. Just to back up to a very old episode where Layla was giving the juice from a Reddit thread. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I
1: think she might have mentioned it in like a Watch What Happens Live or something. And I'm sure we'll hear about it in the reunion. But it's like that rumor then really backfired because like the baby looks like her. I mean, it's like it's like saying that like Dean isn't Michael's baby. Like Dean <laughs> yeah. is basically just like a bean of Michael. Like, yeah. Speaking of Dean.
0: So we go to Ashley and Michael. And first of all, I it pains me. That he looks so much like Michael, but my God, Dean is so adorable. I just, my heart (laughs) melts. Dean is so cute, but it is despite the fact that he looks like that golem of a man that his
1: father.
0: Um, Did did Michael like brag about his son's penis size at the beginning of this? Yes,
1: he did. Yes, he did, which was like really gross, but like not, I mean, that's like on brand for Michael. Michael's just a garbage person. Here, the thing that I thought was interesting about this scene is like, there's a brief soundbite because I don't think it was from a confessional. I don't, I don't remember. I just heard it and I typed it up. But like that, Ashley is like determined to have a happy family. It's like, dude, mm. it shouldn't be this difficult. Like, I you're know, really, like already, like I will fight till the hell's yeah. bottoms and back, like to make yeah. sure that our family is happy. And it's sort of like it, it's a good thing to remember that she says this as we talk about the epilogues of all the ladies at the end of the episode
0: yeah um i mean it was insane that but she was like ever since that dinner with my mom and my uncle things have been
1: great and it's just
0: like oh ashley like i'm i'm so done like i'm so yeah yeah it's
1: it's crazy because it's like i don't fault you for being over this I kind of feel like I'm over it, but I also feel bad for her because it's just like, wow, just Ashley is just so broken. And she's just sort of like, yeah, like she just puts on this front, like all the time, like everything's okay. Michael's great. Like we're working through our problems. Like what a sexy man. And I'm like, (laughs) I think, I think you keep telling yourself these things so that you can believe them.
0: Yeah. I think there's definitely an element of that. Um, so then there's Candace and their mom getting their, their nails, nails done. done. This was
1: very boring. Very boring. <laughs> it's like, um, okay.
0: She's really getting along with her mom right now, essentially. And her mom can't wait for her to have a kid. She's like, I want to live with you. Candace's like, no. But then Candace just relates this all. What it has to do with the episode is she's just like, Oh, I thought Karen was like a second mother, but I guess not. I want to be like a good mother to my kid, like how my mom is it's just like, okay, Candace. Uh,
1: right. Um, and it's like your mom is <laughs> not a good mom, Candace. So <laughs> no. don't look to your mom as like a good uh, example
0: no. so then Karen and Ray, they have this like they say it's like a producer cam, which is very weird. they're in the, okay, um Karen is getting ready to do an HSN shoot for her La Dame perfume. And she's having a conversation in her room while she's packing with Ray. And they put like on a Chiron at the bottom, like producer cam. And I'm like, why? Like, do they not know what camera was in there? Like all things that we see are a producer cam. You know, it was just bizarre.
1: No, they're not. I suspect that the reason why they did that was because that footage was particularly low. So my suspicion is that- because it was bad quality. Because it, okay, so I think I think the Chiron happens for two reasons. One, there wasn't actually a cameraman there or they were like scheduled to shoot or it was like a last minute thing. Uh. And so yes, a producer actually had to shoot it. Oh, because like without, the lighting
0: was without bad. like
1: a camera person. Yeah, because the lighting was bad. They were just in the closet. Like, yeah. I I suspect that something must have happened that day that they didn't okay. have like a full crew, and that's why you got that Chiron.
0: Thank you, producer, for your expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm just th- these are my these are my guesses because that definitely wasn't um, that definitely wasn't shot by like a camera person. No, no. Yeah. So, uh,
0: um, I I think that HSN should be retitled somehow. I mean it is Yeah, now. like the
1: housewives selling headquarters.
0: Yeah. Literally every housewife and thing. And and Craig from Southern Charm is selling his pillows on HSN now. It is a Bravo it's the Bravo shopping network.
1: Like <laughs> Yeah, I cause I was gonna say I think at least one housewife from every franchise has done a pitch to HSN, but I, I, I might mean, be it's, wrong. It's- it's a lot, so yeah, anyways, it's a lot. It's
0: that's. I mean, if you can't get your products on HSN and you're on a Bravo show, then you might be a loser. Yeah, it's like
1: I mean, like <laughs> I don't want to give any tips to Kelly Dodd, but maybe she needs to sell her water on HSN. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, uh, I I did think that Karen did well in her HSN. She's just so like charming and fun. She just,
1: I mean, she does like these dopey things. Like we get a little clip of her from her HSN preview. And she's just telling the ladies, she's like, oh, I, she's like, ladies, hot tip. Like, if you're going on a date, put a little bit of LaDom behind your kneecaps. And it's like, okay.
0: (laughs) It was very funny. Crazy Karen. It was
1: funny. But
0: the big thing in this producer cam segment was Karen showing receipts. So she says to Ray, all the women think that I was trying to ambush Candace at my party for the wig ship party by trying to time them actually to like be there together. And so these are the texts she showed. And she sent these texts to all the women to the screenshot. So at 2 20 PM, Karen says, Monique, the following text at 2:20 PM, the day of the party. I understand 4 30 only gives us 30 minutes, but we're good TV together. And the important thing is your support. See you soon. I thought that was very, and I feel like these were definitely real texts because This is a break in the fourth wall, you know? Yeah. And then Monique says, no prob. I spoke with them and and they will be sure to hold anyone if necessary. I'm not playing around. Can't wait to see your wigs. I'll try to get there as soon as possible. We'll text when I'm on the way. Then Karen says, I appreciate that. Hope you can come at four because I have a hard stop at five because I'll have to get change for the event. We will make it work. And then a smiley face emoji. And then there's a text with Candace and Candace says, tell me what time you want me to come again. Karen writes six 30, please. And then Karen texts at six 16 PM and says, what's your ETA. Now it's possible that perhaps Karen was in cahoots with Monique about this. though I don't understand how that could be, but even if like, Karen wasn't in cahoots with Monique to get them to come in the same room. She was still telling Candace because Candace says, yeah, but Karen actually called me earlier and said, come at five 15 or five 30. Uh-huh. So they still wouldn't have overlapped. For a lap, and that right. is what is bugging me. And towards the end of the episode, when Ash on um, Candace is losing her mind, she's like, you were trying to get us to overlap. You said, what if I came early and all this stuff? And it's like, I don't get it. According to these receipts, Karen has cleared her name, don't you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, especially if she's already said that she has a hard stop at five. I mean, here's the other thing though. The one thing that I think Karen kind of forgot to add as a variable by inviting both of the women. And to be perfectly frank with you, I think that Karen must have invited Monique to be like, okay, I need to come up with some reason to give you at least a little bit more screen time since you got like effectively iced out after this fight. And then we like saw almost none of you for the rest of the season. And so I do wonder that Karen, like this is Karen kind of doing Monique a solid that like went left because Monique kind of showed up late and for whatever mm. crazy reason, Candace for the first time ever was about to show up early. No, but
0: she wasn't. She just said what if I did. In fact, Candace was super duper late.
1: Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way, it feels like Karen was trying to make sure that like they wouldn't overlap, that yeah. they would like somehow. But but I think the reason why the women are like, no, we don't buy it is because I think they know that Karen should know better that at some point something's going to get messed up in the timeline and either way, they, they the possibility that they could have been in the same space at the same time is like damaging for Candace or for Monique, right? Because like, we don't well, know what would have happened. Both of them have restraining
0: orders against the other one. Like they're not allowed to be in the same space. So that's right. why I don't think That Monique is that stupid that she would be in cahoots with Karen to try to be there at the same time, but yeah. Although the thing is, dip
1: is like we're watching it on the timeline that they cut it in, and I don't know was that restraining order actually in effect the time? Yeah, in the time that Karen's wig party was happening.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, because it was as soon as the um, case was started.
1: Oh right, because they were talking about the case already. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: So but the thing is, the only thing that gives me pause that wonders if she was in cahoots with Monique is Monique specifically saying they will be sure to hold anyone if necessary. Like it's like, was that like her making up a fake receipt? I don't know. Maybe I now I'm going crazy and looking into it too much. I, yeah I don't know.
1: no, I mean I think you're I think you're on point for having read the texts as they Posted them on screen. I didn't. I didn't read them as closely. I kind of just saw it and I was like, okay. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't know. I mean, the bottom line for me is that do I think Karen was in cahoots with Monique? Yes. Like, oh, you in do. The sense, well, in the sense that what I said before. In the sense that I think Karen and Monique were like, okay, how can we manufacture like another another scene for me to be in because. I can't be at this party. I'm not going to be invited to Robin's thing. You know, I mean, I do think that there was some sort of collusion there, at least at minimum, to just get Monique some more screen time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's secretly what they're actually mad about, is that like, you know, but the women don't want to break the fourth wall. And so they're like, oh, you were trying to like put us all together. But like maybe the, the- the actual argument is like, why are you trying to give Monique some more screen time? Like she's still on timeout. You know what I mean? She's trash.
0: Like, yeah. So that's what, and I haven't read anything about this episode online yet. I know that you're a little bummed that you haven't like gone on the Reddit boards yet. Yeah. I (laughs) I don't know what people are saying about it and I can't wait to deep dive into it. Sorry listeners after this, (laughs) we record this, but there's something off about it. There's some reason why the women, are not giving a pass to this clear
1: resolution. Yeah. And it's also, it just seems really dumpy. It's like, okay, you were trying to like sabotage Candace, but it's like, but nothing happened. So like no harm, no foul.
0: (laughs) There's something happening that we're not privy to.
1: Right. 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 That's why I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if like the real argument is like, why are you giving Monique a bone? You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, Kind of giving her this like additional screen time, and she doesn't deserve it or mm-hmm. something. And that's like what they want to say, but they are not saying that so that they don't break the fourth wall.
0: Yeah. So then we get uh, a therapy scene with Robin and Juan, which I really enjoyed watching. Do we know I'm about the I'm so their
1: glad you said this. I'm so glad you said this because honestly, I thought you were going to be like, "Oh, it was so boring." Oh, I fucking no. hate Robin, and I think like no, whatever. No. And I was like. Honestly, I wrote down I was like, okay, for as much as we're like Robin is right. like super milk toast and whatever, Robin's love story with Juan fills me with so much happiness, I yeah. Yeah, I'm like, good. Like, I this is the one that I want to really work out. Like, reality TV gods, if you ruin this marriage, I will be Ugh. so heartbroken. Um even though I think like the secret thing is and we'll talk about it later is that like Maybe Juan might be a little bit on the DL. But yes,
0: we'll, we'll get to that. We'll Let's get to that. all that. But okay, so let, I'll just like summarize what it is. We've heard this story many times, but in a nutshell, hopefully for the last time we have to hear this, but they <laughs> met in 1996 when Robin was a senior in high school and he was a junior. His parents had just died a few months prior and he became a part of their family. They embraced him like a son. They married when they were 26 years old. And they divorced in 2012 after they had two children together. And so what happened during the marriage seems to, this is what, I mean, this is what happened because they're both sitting there saying it. Right. Juan wasn't very present during the pregnancy. And, you know, the therapist kept like reeling back a bit. So in the end, this is what the story is. They were having problems with their marriage before they had kids. He was playing for like the Detroit Pistons, like really big time. And...
1: Yeah, it was like the Pistons and the Rockets, I think. He played for two teams. Oh, did he play for the Rockets too? Yeah. I so he was like. So. I think so. I think we see him wearing like two. They showed yeah, two. Yeah, they pictures did of him show two. Two jerseys. Yeah. So
0: she was an NBA wife. And, and so Robin starts off by saying, well, he wasn't very hands on when the kids were infants. And Juan gets a little testy. And it's like, let's no, let's be real. Let's not act like our marriage was awesome. And it was weird because Robin is like smiling in this almost like condescending way and Juan is getting pissed. And I don't think we've ever seen Juan get pissed. So I right. was getting really uncomfortable. And then I thought, oh my God, is there still tension? Like that I'm unaware or things that are not resolved. So then they break it down more and Juan says, which I thought was very interesting. It wasn't like Robin is an angel. Like he said, you could have been a better wife. And so they had problems. Then they had kids and he said that because their marriage was shitty, she put up walls. They had these kids and he couldn't penetrate them. And it wasn't just that he was like sleeping with random women. Right. He was, he was like looking player.
1: for affection and like, yeah. He was like emotionally cheating as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And so they were not in a good place. And Robin put a wall. He said he got it elsewhere. I was shocked when he said affection in romance. Like, I was like, not expecting that at all and that's why i was just like wow this is so interesting so so interesting so Mm -hmm. then robin is crying and then they like but then you see them like really love each other and he's like you know what she was with me when I was in the NBA. Like he was basically saying, it is not easy to be an NBA wife. And he's like, and then I lost everything. And And she she was was still there. there. Yeah. He's like, I'm the luckiest person in the world.
1: Right. I mean, and he's, and like, in a lot of ways it's true. Right. I mean, like they lost, I I would actually be like, really, this is a part that I, that I don't know. And I'm sure the info is out there. So it should be pretty easy to find it. But like, my suspicion is that like, Robin and Juan probably had really, like, boatloads of money, right? I think so. They must have had, like, a lot of money. And, like, they must have lost so much. Because, like, even in season one, you're like... And even Robin, like, openly said, she's like, yeah, I'm, like, the poorest housewife, you guys. It's like her and Gina are, like, the poorest Mm -hmm. housewives.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, it was a huge drop, like, in class like stat class well you know huge drop in status because you know if you're rich you're high you're better class than everyone else just kidding just kidding <laughs> um but anyway so then they're crying and i just was like this is really touching and i buy their love i like yeah really do. i
1: think that's i think that's why like after the I don't seat, know if I'm naive, like,
0: but I I don't know. I buy
1: no, it. I mean, I hope I'm not being naive. And I hope, yeah. like, as the audience, we're not being naive. But, like, I think at the end of this therapy session with the two of them, I'm like, oh, this is why, like, yeah. this is why I would not want Robin to get the axe. Because ultimately, I'm like, no, I actually kind of like that she doesn't really play a housewife role Mm -hmm. she's just kind of genuinely herself um and i think i for for as much as that can sometimes be boring television i do find it really refreshing
0: well i will say this if robin is not on the next season i'm not gonna miss her but if she is on I'm totally fine with it. That's great. She gives good shade. She does get involved in phrase. Like she does give her opinion. She's not a total wallflower who does nothing. I right. Mean, she has no storyline of her own really, but. I mean, and like even
1: Karen shades her for it. Yeah. You know? Like she's later like, on. She's,
0: she's like, like, nothing happens to
1: Robin. Yeah. Nothing. It's like, Oh, I'm <laughs> sad. I missed a Robin moment. Cause Robin doesn't get a lot of moments. And. In a lot of ways, I'm like, yeah, that's true. But honestly, maybe that's why people like her. I don't know that people
0: like her that much. I don't think people hate her. I, think I don't think just people like- hate her.
1: I like she, she's definitely not Teddy Mellencamp no, status, no. right? No, so, I so I don't think people like. I, yeah, I I just think she's sort of like um miscongeniality. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, she's
0: she's fine. Like if, again. If she's not back next season, I'm sure that she wants to be. It's a huge part of their income, I'm sure. But, like, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it'll be fine either way. Um, so they're all getting ready to go to the party. And now we're at the party. All right, right. We're at the party. We're at the party. Giselle shows up with her gay bestie, Cal.
1: No Jamal. Okay. Can I just say one quick thing about Cal? Yes. I love their friendship and I kind of want to see more of the two of them together. Like, I'm like, like, just get rid of Jamal and like, let's keep Cal forever. Like, I.
0: Even if they're just gossiping about the other women, just uh, give me more
1: Cal. Give me more Cal. I love it. Yeah. I really want to see more Cal. A couple of things from the beginning of this party. I got really excited to find out that Juan has a brother. I feel like I. Maybe I knew that, but I forgot about that.
0: I didn't know that.
1: And I saw him from the back, and I was like, ooh, and the Chiron comes up. Was he the tall and it guy? Said, yeah, the Chiron comes up, and it says, like, Juan's brother. And I was like, ooh, Juan has a brother. But then he turns around, and I'm like, well, he's not as cute as yeah. <laughs> no. He's not as cute as Juan. Juan not is as- very cute. So cute. It's like, yeah, it's really kind of upsetting.
0: He's best looking. He's still best looking. He's balding a little bit too much, but... Even if, if when he eventually has to shave his head, he'll still be so handsome. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. He's gonna for be sure. like
0: hot baldy, you know. Like there are a lot of hot baldies, and he would be a hot baldy. But I think yeah. like he's entering that zone where it's like troublesome, and he's maybe wishing that Propecia can help him out a bit. But it's an in between stage, right? But I mean God, throw a newsboy cap on him or anything and
1: it's like oh I my know. God. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Dress wise, I just wanna this is the first time I actually like paid attention to the dresses because usually you're the one that does the dresses thing and then I'm like uh-huh. oh, I don't know, like I don't remember what they're wearing. But this time around I'm like, Oh, it's party. I'm gonna put on my eagle eyes and like really see what's happening. And then I was kinda like, Oh, maybe this wasn't really necessary because Everyone's just doing their roles. Like Giselle is wearing these oh, like God sequin pants that are like not fitted well. Like it just made her look really bloated. And I'm like, you've got a beautiful body. Like these pants I are know. destroying your figure. Like I and don't this know why.
0: horrendous off the shoulder poofy sleeve top that I'm she, like,
1: oh yeah, yeah. I don't, oh, I don't know. I was God. like, I'm like, wow. First time in the history of like fashion that like this beautiful like this beautiful woman with like an amazing body is like yeah let me wear let me wear stuff that makes me look super fat like why why are you doing this to yourself i did like robin's dress actually i thought that was kind of casual and cute
0: robin looked beautiful yes i don't know her dress might have been a little too baggy on top i can't remember
1: yeah, it was like a. It looked like a wrap dress from the top, yeah. but it like wasn't. But I, yeah. I liked it. I thought that that color looked great on her. Ashley's dress looked very ice capades, and I did not like it. Although I do agree with Giselle, and I think that the ponytail looked fantastic. I didn't care too much
0: for Ashley's ponytail. I didn't hate it, but I just my favorite Ashley hair is wild wow, and curly yeah I love I love I love her haircut.
1: I thought the ponytail was nice. The dress was like, I don't know the, it was just very ice capades, and I just wasn't. I did not care for it. Candace's dress was like, okay, this is like a normal dress with just like a feather thing on top. And like it, it I, I thought like Candace that. looked good, but this is not a dress that I was like, wow, wow, wow. It
0: fit the theme I yeah thought, I thought w-
1: Wendy and Eddie like fucking took that shit home though.
0: Yeah, so I, 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 at first I was like, "Whoa, I love Wendy's hat with that dress," and but and then like her with Eddie, like Eddie's white tux, just fantastic.
1: Yeah, the two of them, I was just like wow 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 you guys like dressed like just they dressed like a like a couple that matched you know what i mean and it's just like this looked really slick it looked so good
0: this is like a formal event and i think it's really nice when people go all out it's like respectful to like go all out for yeah, a yeah, big yeah. occasion they look great i thought that um chris of uh, candace and chris i liked his red number it was very festive
1: yeah can I just say I feel like we've seen Chris wear colorful tuxes before and it's kind of like I appreciate that about Chris.
0: I do too I do too it's so easy to not do that as a man
1: right 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 Th- yeah and I kind of appreciate that he's like yeah I'll do a red tux I'll do a blue tux like I've seen him play with color before in a way that I'm like I yeah this is uh I appreciate that you do this
0: He really slimmed down this season, and I think like clothes are looking really good on him. I think he got a glow up. Is essentially what I'm
1: saying. Mm, Okay, interesting. And and I
0: think like as a side note, guys are so lucky they can do the bare minimum, and the glow up goes for miles and miles. (laughs) Like they just like wear like one colorful thing, and or wear like it's It's just it's so easy, guys. how can you not
1: it's really true well yeah I I feel like I've seen the trajectory of of like a few male friends where it's just like I'm just gonna wear like ill-fitting pants and like t-shirts and then like one summer they're like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna start wearing like button-down shirts and like sweaters and all of a sudden it's like (laughs) <laughs> what happened to you? Like, it's like the taming of the shrew you under, like, 12 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, oh, now you're, like, cute and shit. What happened?
0: Yeah. And it's not like it's expensive for them to do that. So, sorry. That's the end of my diatribe on, like, super unstylish guys is not acceptable it is so freaking easy like i really think that you can get style probably at old navy it doesn't have to be expensive or fancy
1: (laughs) yeah no it's true
0: put like one second of thought into it anyways anyways so jamal is of course not there and they're all rolling their eyes as was i Uh and uh whatever i'm not even gonna say you know but here's the thing so michael
1: Michael, Michael, Michael. Michael he showed up and was like, oh, he was already he, he showed up already wasted. Wasted. He was three sheets to the wind. Even in the car, he was like all ready to fucking, I don't know. Like Michael is such a th- like thirsty and like so wanting to be involved and like desperate for camera time that I'm like, you're so ill. I don't even, I don't even, I don't have the words anymore to just, yeah, I don't know. What a fucking piece of work. (laughs) Is all I have to To say. To put it
0: mildly. So he starts saying to Giselle, wondering where Jamal is. And Giselle is like, are you fucking kidding me? And she was, she turns to like, Someone else, and she's like, "Remind me
1: to never let them all around Michael." Oh, oh, you know what we didn't mention while we were talking about Ashley earlier on, and like this is kind of the stick in Michael's craw is that Ashley had told Michael that she believes that Juan is going to propose at this party, or that he's about to propose soon, and Michael is like, "There's no way that Juan is going to propose because I know things," and Ashley's like what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, no, I've said too much. And then he, like, takes a big swig of his Corona light, like a disgusting human. And Ashley's like, what do you mean? Like, what do you know? He's like, well, Juan and I have a very special relationship, which is a quote. He says we have a special relationship. And so here he is, Michael's at this party, and he's sort of like the fucking Grinch, like, just... Doing, like, the Mr. Burns, like, finger pad, like, touching, like, waiting for Juan to, like, not propose to Robin. And he's like, I just don't think it's going to happen tonight.
0: So that happened at the beginning of the episode in that early scene with Dean. And now we're at the party and Michael is already flirting with Juan. And also Ashley asks if Karen is coming and they all, they show a text that they got from Karen. And it says my flight from HSN in Florida was delayed due to mechanical problems. I've been in the airport all day. I've just landed in DC. Not sure. I'll be able to make it to the party. I'll update shortly. And then she writes Karen, like she signs her name. I thought was she's scary. old nobody oh okay
1: old <laughs> people I feel like old people do that right
0: like my mom would do something like yeah that. yeah yeah when like people
1: like <laughs> do a post on Facebook and it's like love mom and it's like your name's already on attached to the thing
0: one time my mom sent me a gift and she wrote a little card and she said she I'm not kidding from Suda which is her name from Suda in parentheses your mom. <laughs> I, I think I like kept that because it was the funniest thing in the world. I was like, okay.
1: It's like, mom, I know your name. I'm pretty sure.
0: So anyways, Ashley and Giselle and Robin think that Karen's avoiding being confronted about the shadiness from our party with the Monique stuff and everything. So then Michael is getting real messy and he's saying, Oh, you're going to let Candace sing? That's nice, yeah. And Ashley is like, "Oh my god, I cannot take him anywhere." Yeah. And at this point, I literally have in my notes, ah. Whatever happened to Charisse this season? She was this huge presence at the beginning, in the like first episode or so, and then we yeah. never see her. And then later in this episode, she shows up. So I thought,
1: and was it right. honestly didn't even matter because she and like it shows up. It didn't matter. She showed up, and then she like goes and has a drink with Michael. And she
0: rolled her eyes once at Karen. That's it. That's it. Like so, it was odd. Yeah. Anyways, so then Michael says he's talking to Juan and. Eddie or someone or yes and Juan says oh have you met Eddie before Wendy's husband and he says no when would we have met and Juan is like oh you weren't at Candace's and Chris's anniversary party
1: and oh right and then Michael's like yeah why would I go to those like fuckers like anniversary party or whatever he's like why would
0: I deal with those it sounded like you said fuckers I'm like was it assholes but it was bleeped out and Juan it says twice like Oh, we're not going to do that tonight. We're not going to do that tonight. Then we cut to like the women and Robin is saying she doesn't care if Karen is there or not. She didn't like that she threw one under the bus at her week party.
1: Right, right.
0: And then Wendy's in a testimonial and she's like, "Oh, Karen's fake as hell." and especially to Candace and like you and me have talked about like Wendy stay out of it. Uh, Michael and then the the camera people they make sure that they like zoom in on Michael asking ordering for uh, like another Corona cuz they're really setting up how wasted he is.
1: Yeah. Right. And
0: then that's when Ashley tells Giselle that Michael was surprised that one a one proposal might happen. And and then like they turn to Michael and he's complimenting another guy's suit and then and then that and then he says, well, uh, 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 but I'm not gay. And they're like, we didn't think, say that you were. He's like, you better not fucking assume that. And it was just like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. I, okay. So this is a bit of an offshoot because this happens, uh, at, on watch what happens live. Andy asks Ashley about this flirting that Michael is doing. And, And Ashley's whole thing is like, oh my God, like, you know, guys should be allowed to like say that other guys are attractive and like thinking about it, like in this like really negative way is really homophobic. And she's right. She's right about that. But what she is not right about is the fact that immediately following Michael's sort of like, Hey, you look really attractive. You're well-dressed. Da, 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 he like has to double down and be like, but I'm not gay. Like that's what gay people do. And I'm not a gay man. And it's like, okay, well,
0: who's the homophobic one now?
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Like you've canceled this out completely. Like, yes. And Ashley doesn't talk about that. You know, right.
0: Obviously, We don't think that it's bad for a guy to compliment a guy on their clothes, but that was not the intention here. Like Michael is hitting on them and can't and Ashley, I I cannot believe that.
1: I mean, here's the thing, like whether he's hitting on them or like whether you believe he's hitting on them to me is like. Irrelevant. To me, the issue is if you go up to someone and you're like, hey, I love your hair, like your hair looks fantastic, or like, hey, I love your outfit. Your outfit looks great. You're always super well dressed. Like, I love the way you you dress. To follow that up, you know, if you're doing that from like uh same sex to same sex mm-hmm. and then follow that up with like, but I'm not gay or lesbian, that becomes the problem. Because yes, exactly. then it's like Then it's like, okay, well, why are you, then why are you self being homophobic about it? Right. Like,
0: we're not the ones being homophobic about it.
1: Yeah. I think this is the part that gets like really frustrating about Ashley. And again, her consistently trying to like save Michael Darby, you know, because she like throws out this whole thing where it's like, oh, it's like so homophobic to be like, you know, that he's like, that like by complimenting a guy, it's like anything more than just complimenting a guy. And it's like, Sure, but when you follow it up with, but I'm not gay, then that makes it homophobic. Like Mm -hmm. the very thing you're saying that like, the audience or the public it should be accused of for thinking about Michael. Oh, yeah. It's just like, it's so messy. It's,
0: it's, it's very messy.
1: And so this is when
0: Giselle grabs Michael to talk, to get like all the goss. And Michael says, he loves this guy. Like he loves Juan. He loves Juan. And then he says, he and I have a special relationship. Right. And, and then, Giselle gets up and it's just Michael and Ashley. And Michael says to Ashley, why would I tell her what I know? And then she's like, wait, what? And then she's like, well, tell me. And he's like, he wouldn't tell her. And then she says, and they, the like, they editors put subtitles put on. Subtitles, yeah. And she said, if I grow a dick, will you tell me? And it's like, they did that on purpose. Obviously it's like, Ashley knows that Michael is fucking Jews. And, it's their business to be private about it, I know. They don't have to be open about it, but they're coming on television and getting messy at a almost proposal of this couple. And Michael is, like, running around acting like him and Juan fuck sometimes. Like, it's just, it's too much.
1: Oh. Yeah, I... So this is interesting because, I like, I, I don't know that I... I don't blame you for your reading of what Ashley said uh, to Michael there, because I think that that is a valid way to read it. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it that way. I oh, thought that she it? was, well, I just, I mean, maybe it's naive. I just, I just didn't want to describe too much like sexual identity politics to it because I, I basically was just like, oh, okay. Maybe she's just saying like, if I was a dude, would you tell me like just in any other way? in it's any possible. other instance, right? Like it's like oh right, like it, it would be him breaking bro code by telling Ashley whatever he knows about Juan, right? I
0: I think that is also But a very I also valid I also read. think,
1: like I think yours is also a valid hypothesis. I mean, there's people already sort of like hypothesizing that Juan and Michael might have had something and, and other signs kind of point to yes, right? Like, did he know that this party Juan was going to propose to Robin? Yes, because Ashley already told him. Is that the reason why he was already getting wasted? Because he's like trying to like resolve whatever emotions he's feeling about like jealousy or whatever about these two people getting back together. If he has like has had some previous relationship uh with Juan, that kind of that kind of tracks, right? The fact that like oh even after the proposal at the party, he's like overly like yes. <laughs> Yeah, right. He says, did she say yes? And then he goes up to Juan and is like, wow, brother, like, you kept that from me. Like, holy shit, I'm so happy for you. Like, acting in, like, the same way that you would... You know, and, like, we've all done this before, right? It's like, oh, my God, yes. Like, my ex-boyfriend is dating someone, and I'm, like, so happy for him. Like, <laughs> I'm just so glad. Like, uh, everyone just, like, deserves love. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just his reaction was just so, was just, like, a little too over the top. You
0: know what my guess is? My theory, based on absolutely nothing but just a guess, um, is that, They've never had relations before and Michael is just obsessed with him. And in Michael's mind, they're in love and Michael and Juan is just doesn't want to deal with it, but he understands, he doesn't want to like hurt Michael's feelings. So Mm. he just like lets it go sort of and just like plays along. I
1: love this theory. I love it because I, because all of my notes was like, I were like, I don't understand why Juan is so friendly with michael back and then i started thinking about it and i like watched another clip in which michael was like uh, and it does really feel like michael is like this like got this like puppy dog schoolgirl yes. girl crush on juan and juan's just like yeah dude we're buds totally.
0: <laughs> and it's yeah. like
1: uh okay where's robin like can i get the fuck out of yeah. here yeah
0: and that's why he like says things like like doesn't Juan is just very, like, secure, I think, with his sexuality. And
1: and probably just, like, kind and, you know, like, Juan just strikes me as a really kind of nice guy. Right. Who I think, you know, probably would be, like, in his mind is like, yeah, this dude, like, flirts with me all the time. He thinks we're best friends, like... I don't want to like burst his bubble. So yeah, I like throw him a bone. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You're a cool guy. Like, oh, of course. Like we always hang out, but like in my mind, I'm like, does one really hang out with Michael? Probably There's not. There's no way. There's no way.
0: And then when Michael was like, oh, like the bachelor party and he's like, yeah, it should be done right. He's like, oh yeah, just me and you, man. Like, he's just like throwing him a bone because he knows that like, it'll satiate him, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. No yeah. harm, no foul. And also like, he probably has been around Michael when Michael has been super duper wasted a lot. And it's like, and he just kind of knows how to handle
1: Yeah. He just, just knows, knows how, how, how to handle, handle
0: it. And he's like, not gonna like, yeah.
1: And in all fairness, I I mean, Juan's probably been in this position before, even in NBA days where like, you know, women and men have probably thrown themselves at him. And he's just like, okay, I'm not going to beat you away with a stick. I'm just going to be like, nice, but not.
0: And also, like a lot of, I think that there's a lot of straight guys who are very flattered by a man. They're just, they're flattered by anyone flirting with them.
1: Right. You know? Exactly And-
0: And it's like, why am I gonna like be mean to my fan? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like it doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman.
1: Like, it's right. just like, it's like this, this person guy, adores this me. This guy is saying that I have a cute butt. Like, yeah, I cool. not nice. wanna Thank hear you. that. Yeah. It's kind of like it's it's interesting because it makes me think about how um and this always makes me feel like I'm I'm being like like anti-feminist, but like every once in a while, not anymore because it's like COVID days, but like and I think I've told you this, Dip, before, like, not in a podcast, but just, like, when we've been talking. But, like, sometimes I would, like, get ready and, like, go to the city and, like, you know, dudes on the street would be, like, hey. And I'm, like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, like, oh, yeah. man. Like, we're supposed to be, like, anti-cat calling. But sometimes yeah. I'm, like, uh, no. Sometimes- thanks for saying I have a nice smile on my way to Bart. Like, you really, yeah. like... <laughs> kicked up my self-esteem a couple of notches. And I don't know what that says about my self-esteem, but I, there
0: you go. I, I can't say that I have hated it all the time. Like <laughs> I don't hate it all the time.
1: When it's night, I mean like listen, if it gets like the mood, mood for it. I'm, right. I'm not into it. But like,
0: right.
1: you know, it's like the ones that I don't like are like, "Hey, you know like those I don't like. I'm like, I'm not going to stop and talk to you." Right. You like, know
0: when it's like predatory? I don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's like a
0: tone <laughs> Well, against uh, like uh, just to like you know have my back for all women out there. uh, Men men should know that not all women feel safe around that, so maybe just don't do it. But I will say this: another reason why Juan might allow, like just like not flip out when Michael's flirting up a storm with him, is that he probably also feels really sorry for the dude because he's so obviously closeted and married to a woman. And it's just, he knows that Michael's a mess. And I just feel like he might be like, I'm not going to kick this guy when he, like, this guy is so repressed. And yeah. he's just like, ugh. So, yeah, that's my guess. So then Candace sings her song. There's no music at first. Then it turns out great. And you know what? I really liked it. Even when she was doing a cappella. <laughs> i I this sounds
1: great listen that song i don't know i mean listen is actually right like you could put yodeling behind some like a you know a go-go beat and it sounds good yeah you're right but honestly candace's song is the remix is the remix is good i'm sorry i'm sorry i like it i don't know i like that remix
0: it's real good. So then, you know, then Juan proposes and is happy. And
1: like the women are so happy. I'm so happy. I like, I was grinning like an idiot during that whole proposal.
0: Uh, Layla, I actually cried. Aww. And you know, you know how much I don't give a shit about Robin <laughs> and Juan's storyline? I. Literally I mean, but you do. We just
1: admitted, like, even during the therapy scene, where you're like, you know what? I apparently like, I do. I'm fucking invested in these two people. Like, I want their marriage to succeed.
0: Yeah, I legitimately cried. I thought it was really funny when the ladies were freaking out so much and wanted to catch footage of it, and Giselle yelled at Wendy to like, get off the stage. I thought it was funny. <laughs> and then, and then so then Michael does tell Juan, like, you kept it in. And then talk about the bachelor parties like just you and i no cameras (laughs) i was like oh michael and then so then the women like pour a shot out as a fuck you to karen and like and then they actually did a cheers to 2020 which we're always gonna find hilarious now and then (laughs) karen shows up all right now it's the end of the episode and all hell breaks loose so karen so they st- basically confront Karen about the party, and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I sent you the text." They're like, "No, no, no. We already talked about a lot of this at the beginning of the episode. Our thoughts on it." Karen says, "I had a date, and it was with Ray." I mean, Karen again is being really not good in her housewifery, and then she's like, "I oh, ended <laughs> up going to KFC. It was just real, real weak sauce." And then, and then I did like how like um, at one point when he's like what are you miss Cleo which is a big throwback to the 80s like that um commercial with um, <laughs> Miss Cleo which I loved and then Michael says to Charisse's date about Eddie this is the second best looking guy to Juan and that's where actually where he says I'm not gay and they're like what and he's like you better not fucking assume that and then Candace starts screaming at Karen And then they're, like, fighting. And then Michael
1: goes up to Chris and says, control your wife. But just before all this happens you get a couple of B-roll shots as the women are sort of, or as the women are talking and Candace is like berating Karen for potentially setting them up is you see a couple of B-roll shots of like Michael sort of lurking around like a fucking crocodile in water. He's just like holding a drink and he's like, like just watching the, (laughs) he's like watching the women from afar, like just fighting. And he's like, oh, he loves it, which is like a thing that I like also like, wow. Okay he's just like mosing around in the moat. Like we see him like way in the far back. And then he like, he's like a little bit closer and he's just like spying on them from like different directions until he finally, yes, exactly. Like you said, goes up to Chris
0: and he says, control your wife. And Chris tells Michael to get out of his face. Then Chris starts like pushing Michael away and he is touching his chest, like shoving him out of the way. It was not remotely, uh, It didn't hurt Michael. It was definitely like threatening, I'd say, because he's like pushing him, like get out of my face, man. But he didn't hit him. And then Michael says that Chris pushed him and Ashley then yells at Chris. And Ashley says, you have no self-control to Chris. She's like, but you want to cry when your wife gets hands put on her for acting like a fool? And it is bonkers. And then Michael says he's calling his lawyer and he keeps saying, he touched me. He touched me. It was insane. And then they're like trying to get Chris and Michael out. At first it's Chris and Chris and Candace are by the door about to leave. And then Karen comes up and Karen hugs. Candace is like, yeah, you guys should probably leave. And I'm leaving. Like Karen wanted out of there. She tells Ray. Oh yeah. Karen wanted
1: out there. Like immediately. She's like, get your coat. We got to get the fuck out of here.
0: And then this gives Candace an opportunity to go off in a testimonial again about Karen. She's just like, like she says, like, she's just like, she is not here for me. She is not here for me. And she just like, she's obsessed with Karen.
1: Yeah, it this part actually made me feel a little bit bad for Candace in a way, because it it gave me this window into like, okay, and she's been saying this over and over again. But like, in my mind, I was like, wow, okay, yeah, I see maybe what I should have seen a little clearer earlier on. And that is like, Candace's relationship with her mother is so strained that she was so desperate to find any mother Mm. figure. And she found that in Karen. And now that Karen is sort of like, yeah, dude, I'm not your mama. Like, I'm not gonna be all up on like team candace at the at the end of this fight and so candace just feels like so like like oh i thought i found i thought i found my for real mommy and i'm putting that in quotes because candace calls her mom mommy which i think is disgusting for an adult <laughs> <teacher>. um <laughs> unless you like you're kind of doing it as a joke but she seems kind of sincere i mean she said it like in like while she's like giving a toast yeah. in public, I was like, uh-huh. "Here's
0: what I here's my um quick take on the mommy of it all." I feel like if you call your mom as an adult, mommy, that's fine if you do it in private because that's what you call your mommy. But when you say it like in public, in it's
1: public, weird. in it's public, weird. it's weird. I feel call like your public, mom it's mommy
0: weird. in person. I think that's actually adorable. But just no, silent. no, no.
1: Listen, listen. Whatever happens between closed doors amongst family, but in public, like stop
0: it. It's like very.
1: She was giving like a very public toast. It was yeah. like a toast. She's like, my mommy and like my other mommy. I'm like, oh no. No, no this is Candace. This is not a good look. And so, yeah. but all that aside, it just kind of it did make me feel bad because I was just like, oh yeah, like her relationship with her actual mother is so strained that she's no, a really just
0: good point. That's a very good so point. So
1: needing of this relationship with Karen to work. And it was just kind of like, no, Karen just popped your bubble. Like Karen's, is, Karen's not your mom. Karen Mm -hmm. is a woman who maybe could be there to offer support and guidance, but like she's not going to be your ride or die because she's not your mom. She's not going to take your side even if you're wrong because she is... Not family. Candace
0: is projecting her whole mommy issues onto Karen. And it's sad. It's sad. So that so at this point we start seeing the end of season like um things. Right. The where little they say like
1: epilogue.
0: Epilogues. And so the first one is Karen and Ray are still working on their marriage. Karen isn't willing to work less or say the three words Ray longs to hear. Move to Florida.
1: Which honestly, they don't deserve Florida. Like, Florida's like don't uh it's just so sad. We go back into the party though, and this yes, was, I we thought was really cute. Um, oh, no, actually, do we, right after Ray and Karen, I think we see Chris and Candace's epilogue too.
0: Yeah, so then we get the Candace one, and it just says Candace is determined to move forward with her life. She and Chris plan to start baby making in the fall. She wants to avoid having an Aquarius baby because they are crazy.
1: And then they're like, Her mom is an Aquarius. So yeah, so this kind of like circles it on back where you're like, okay, right. Like this relationship with her mom is like very, I don't know, just very tumultuous and like riddled with a lot of issues. I also think that like, it's interesting now that we know that like she just bought a house. And so like, you know, is Candace about to start ma- baby making soon? Probably now that she's got like the house ready. Um, So that'll be interesting to see if Candace comes back next season. Will we see a a baby or a baby making storyline?
0: This is so strange for me. But if Candace got pregnant, I would be interested in the storyline. Because I'm not interested in pregnancy storylines or having baby storylines, but she is so complicated that I'm like, I want to
1: see what a mommy Candace is. I think, uh, okay, I would hope that in the end she like actually grows up because I think part of me being disgusted about the idea that Candace wants to be a mom is that she's such a baby herself,
0: Mm -hmm, like, mm
1: -hmm. like emotionally, she's like emotionally stunted. As like a little kid, yes, and so it's sort of like in my mind. I'm like, no, baby's having babies. Like I don't want to see, even though she's like a fully grown adult woman, but just like emotionally, yeah, just emotionally, she's such a she's such a baby.
0: That's why I think it's so.
1: It might be interesting to see, like you know, because. Here's the thing like we've seen it right like Portia in the beginning was like a big dummy and like you're kind of sad to see her like stuck in this marriage that was like really broken and then she's just sort of like dawdling along and now it's like wow the glow up of like the glow up of Portia has been really remarkable to see in the 13 seasons that we've seen Atlanta. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, is Candace, like, super annoying? And do I really dislike her right now? Sure. But, like, that doesn't mean that, like, she couldn't have this, like, really fun and interesting trajectory that might be, like, wow, remember when Candace used to be this, like, big old mess? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think she, she she's compelling television. So then we get Juan and Robbins. It says, Robin and Juan plan to build a new home in the DMV area and to eventually have an island destination wedding. Juan hasn't mentioned it. Michael Darby will be invited to the bachelor party. So now at this point, I just want to say, like they're going through the epilogues and you're kind of calm and they're interspersing it with the party happening and they're dancing and you're relieved. You're like okay like you know right it was like a little tiff it was all tiff it was intense
1: so we're still chill oh Juan tells Robin that she that he's drunk which I honestly I don't know I I don't know what it was about that but I was like I'm really turned on by this moment where he's like he's like I'm drunk and she's like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh like hugging and I'm like oh when will these two like release a sex tape so that we can like see it the world needs like Juan and Robin sex tape.
0: I don't know. I, I said it. That,
1: I saw, it. You said I, it. You
0: said it. I would like to see it, I think. I would like to see it. Um, so then, it says, Wendy continues to expand her political commentary career. Speaking up for justice on cable news, her mother is very proud of her, but still wants her daughter to remain a professor for background rights. Okay, boring. Then it says, Giselle, <laughs> Giselle and Jamal's daughters are finally more accepting of their relationship Okay, how do they know that? The couple does not plan on moving in together anytime soon. Jamal still lives, quote, in the phone. So, whatever. So then we're calm. And we're like, I kind of forgot, like, who we have left. And I'm just, like, a little relieved because there's so much that happened. And mm-hmm. then, oh and then, my God, and the then. Michael drama The continues. Michael saga
1: continues because, like, let's not forget that he's, like, super drunk. And he did not leave the party, but instead decides to go over to Video Village and, like, mess with the producers. And the producers are all like, yo, you can't be back here. And he's like, why not? And he's, like, about to start a, some sort of, like, fight or altercation. Or instigate
0: or like, it. He's like, you int- touch me. He keeps saying that people are touching him. Like, he's trying to, like,
1: create he's lawsuits. Like, he's trying to, like, do a bunch of stuff. Anyway, so he's, like, yelling at the production team they're like listen you can't be back here security finally intervenes and he's like escorted out but not before like ashley starts screaming about how he's like embarrassing her and like he needs to like calm the fuck down there's a lot of off-screen screaming from ashley anyway you have ashley kind of like freaking out at michael and she's right she's like if She basically yells at him and says, like, if I ever pulled any stunts like you did tonight, like, you wouldn't hear the end of it. And it's just kind of this, like, revelatory moment where you're just like, right, like, this marriage is so fucked Mm -hmm. in all kinds of ways. Because, yeah, it's totally true. Like, Ashley probably couldn't behave that way. Michael, I think this was like a window into, like, how Michael probably behaves, not on a regular basis, but, like, what he's capable of doing um, and how he's capable of behaving. And Ashley just kind of having to deal with like all of the broken plates that kind of Mm -hmm. result in his like tsunami of whatever. Yeah. And you see Michael like on the phone, who he's calling, I don't know. We don't know. He had been like threatening that he was going to call his lawyer. So maybe he's calling his lawyer. I mean, listen, he's drunk. So who the fuck knows who he's dialing? And Ashley is like walking off, but it's implied that they both end up going home, but like they're separate ways. And then we get their epilogue.
0: Which was so amazing that they insane. ended it this way because they purposely show you this outrageous drama where you think, no fucking way are they gonna say something happy
1: yeah 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 so you think like okay here we go like they're you know are are they still in a fight they end up telling us in the epilogue that ashley and michael went to the bahamas for a family vacation literally the next day following day and and now obviously like they tell us what we already know so it's not really too big Maybe of number a two. that Ashley's pregnant with, a, with her And pregnancy. And
0: they end it with, they say their relationship is, it's quote, stronger, stronger
1: than, than ever. ever.
0: Oh, my God. So then I actually forgot we had anyone left. I mean, seriously, what a fantastic ending to the ending to the ending to the ending. Then we get Monique, and it's a testimonial. Right. And she says, she's being serious. She's like, the court decided that it's not an attack. They saw the footage and they're dropping both complaints. And, and then she starts laughing and she's like basically like, well, what she, doesn't start,
1: she doesn't start laughing there. She basically explains what happens. And she's like, listen, like the court essentially calls it a consensual fight because Candace asked to be dragged and then I dragged her. And then Monique starts laughing in what I can only literally describe as a cackle. Yes, I thought it was more of
0: a devil's cackle.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that is make no mistake <laughs> that that is when I say cackle, that is exactly what I mean. Like a yeah. like a devil's Ugh. cackle or a witch's cackle. It was very much like so. Then you know, it's like it's just consensual because she wanted to be dragged, and then I dragged her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, okay, what? Like, you know what? like you know what? You know what that felt like, Layla? It felt like a horror
0: movie where you find out that the evil demon." has still alive and there's
1: going to be a sequel. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like. But you didn't know that the person was indeed a demon. And it's like, oh, they were all along. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I, so (gasps) I will, I will confess to you that in the interim of us recording this episode, I got a, um, a Facebook message from one Jennifer Talon, friend of the show. Hi, Jen. Um, And she writes, and I'm going to show you, she's like, OMG! I love Monique. Ah, what? <laughs> and you cannot understand how desperate I am to like message her back and be like, "Why though?"
0: Oh my god, we're gonna have to have a talking. Because with her. listen,
1: like at the end, at the end of all of this, I'm still team nobody. Like, correct. Candice was a pain in the ass. She ran her mouth, and Monique is like crazy and like pent up a- enough, pent up with enough stress that like she went wild. But I do legit think that, like, there's something unequivocally wrong with Monique. Like, she could not have been happier that the whole thing... It's almost like, yeah, it was like her cackle was like a big fuck you. Mm -hmm. Then we go to Candace's post and she is, like, basically saying the same thing. And she's like, listen, like, Monique's fucking circus of, like, shit lawyers and, like, all her fucking legal people... Made such a big deal about this thing being like, or just like made like such reality a, show trash. Yeah, made such a circus of this like, like legal thing that the courts were like, yeah, we're not going to entertain this like reality trash legal thing. Like, we just don't have time for it. And honestly, on one hand, it's like, God bless the courts. Because, yeah, you don't have time for yeah, this. Like, yeah. you're dealing with so much other shit and you're already kind of broken. Like, don't bring this mess into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I just, I didn't care for what Candace okay, had to say. So
1: I will say that ends up being like the end of the episode.
0: Oh, so here's, here's the Monique thing like her oh. epilogue it says Monique. Oh, right is- right right Monique has still not spoken to Candace but she did write a song inspired by their incident called drag queens she Which also we've published- already heard
1: like early on when the when the series premiered
0: oh I don't remember that it said she also published a potty training book no word on if a pet edition is in the works
1: so yeah. what were you gonna say oh so okay so two things one the song was released months ago so we'd already known about this song whether or not y- you heard about it or not
0: <laughs> i but, guess i wasn't paying attention <laughs> but this was
1: this was part of people's arguments that like monique isn't is it remorseful at all because basically the song is about her dragging queens right yeah i mean i don't know she made a song about it right like yeah and no and we and we knew about it she's like trying to fucking milk this whole fight for as much money as it's worth. And to be thinking about it strategically as I am sure Monique is thinking about it is like, I wonder if she's not just like going for broke thinking like, well, they're not going to ask me back next season. So I'm just going to milk this fight for as much screen time as I can get and do as much side shit as I can. Because like, even when you see like the premieres for the reunion you know like she shows up with her like manicured sort of like binder of receipts like she's really kind of doing the most to try and like keep her job is what i Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. anyway later on on watch what happens live oh no sorry not on watch what happens live this is on chat room room?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: monique I guess has been talking to Portia or someone from Monique's camp has been talking to Portia, but it must, it must be Monique directly mentioned to Portia and Portia mentions it on the show that part of the reason why Candace filed was because she was trying to get some money from Monique to pay off the house that her mom. This is what Monique is saying. This is what Monique is saying. Right, right, right. That like okay. that part of that part of Candace's like intention by like putting out the what counterclaim like the, the counterclaim mm-hmm. or not the counterclaim the actual claim
0: oh, because it, yeah. it's Monique
1: is doing the counterclaim right. But here's so, the
0: thing: in a criminal case, like there's no there's not monetary damages. She didn't steal anything,
1: so well, she I must think have this is This is why I think so. So Giselle is also on this Bravo mm-hmm. uh, chat show, right? And Giselle is like. No, Portia. No, 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 no. Like, no, 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 in a million years. And of course, like Portia's like, listen, this is. I'm just like, I'm just telling you what I was, what I was told, and like,
0: that is a, that is wrong. I'm, I'm gonna say, unless she like broke a bone and had to pay for like medical expenses, or like, you know, damaged a fur coat or something she was wearing. Like, I don't know what, but there, there were Now, if she filed civil charges, that's a different thing because you can go for like some monetary damages for like intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress or some sort of claim like that. I mean, let's...
1: But let's be fair. Like, I'm certain that Candace most likely did that because... Most of the time she was like, I can't eat. I have, like, all this anxiety. I've been thinking about this fight ever since oh, it happened. She, she might so, might have been like, to prove the case. Yeah. yeah, so who who's to say that, like, she wasn't, like, you know, also suing for s- emotional damages of what happened? Yeah, um, so... I mean, I don't know. Like, is it plausible? If it was just
0: criminal, I'm going to tell you, they did not make out a case that rises to the level where there's, not rises to level, but it's not a case wherein there are monetary damages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this particular assault and the counterclaim,
1: you know? So, I just also think it's, like, interesting that, like, Monique is sort of kind of pushing that narrative. Listen, again, I think Monique is being really strategic and, like, pushing as many narratives as she can to kind of, like, clean up her name and save her job
0: yeah well i'm really i haven't even seen scenes yet for the reunion i'm really oh, excited what? to watch it you yeah, have be- to well, see well because them. i literally just finished watching the episode for us to record this and i'm like <laughs> oh, i can't even watch scenes but we'll be back to recap like all three of the episodes i think we'll just do one big one because there's a lot of repetitiveness in these reunions so yeah, we'll
1: have to i think we'll have to see because we'll i see. don't know i don't know if this makes sense it looks like there's a lot of stuff happening in this reunion
0: um so we'll be back to recap the reunion whether we do three episodes or just one big one we'll see well it depends like what happens yes but we'll be back and i hope everyone has a great Time in their life in December until what? we're back. I don't know. It's oh, weird. Okay, it was very very weird. I am really over this pandemic. I am really <laughs> struggling in it right now. So like that was a joke to say time of your life because I don't know anyone who could be having the time of their life right now. Um, but anyways, we'll be back soon. So be safe out there, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>